Welcome to this week's edition of the Worcester Talking Newspaper, recorded at Colin Chance House on Thursday, the 14th of September. I'm Jenny Tansy, and with me reading the news are... Patrick Tansy. Cara Turner. Kate Hudman. Duncan Wynne is our engineer. Um, Carol, I know, is off on the administration, but I'm sure that uh, Duncan is standing in for her or somebody else will be. This week's copying team are Bernard and Dorian Potter and Janet Bailey. Thanks to Worcester News for all our information. The headlines this week are Chip Shop Boss Fights Off Knife-Wielding Hoodie Body in River Hoaxer Warned On Your Bike Safe After Hurricane Horror Council Back City FC Plan and Boy Robbed in Broad Daylight I'll start off with the deaths. Philip Our next headline is from Saturday, the 9th of September, 2017. Body in River Hoaxer warned. Police have warned of the consequences of wasting police time after a call about a body in the river turned out to be a hoax. A 24-year-old woman admitted at the scene that she had made the call to get the police, fire and ambulance services to Douglas Marina on Thursday night. She was spoken to by the police on Friday. The emergency services, including a police helicopter, searched the water at 10.49pm on Thursday night, but did not find a body in the water. Police issued a warning to the hoax callers, stating that every false call made means that people who really do need the emergency services have to wait longer. West Mercia Police Inspector Adrian Bean said, The 999 service provides a vital lifeline for people to contact us regarding critical matters and emergencies. Using the service inappropriately detracts from situations where people genuinely need our help. Every call takes time to answer and to assess properly for our response. For every misdirected call we receive, people who do require a police response may have to wait longer to have their call answered at the busiest times. West Midlands Ambulance Service said that they sent two ambulances and a paramedic to the scene. Police say that two sergeants, six police constables and one PCSO were called whilst the fire service sent two fully crewed vehicles and rescue boats. Police are unsure of how much in total the cost of this operation was. A West Mercia police spokesman said, At 10.49, West Mercia police received a 999 call reporting a person in the Seven River near Portland Street in Worcester. After a search involving the police and fire officers, a National Police Air Service crew, it was determined that the incident had been falsely reported. A 24-year-old woman will be spoken to by officers today, which was Friday, about wasting wasting police time. Commenters on the Worcester News Facebook page criticised the caller for wasting police resources. Helen Manson Bedford said, How selfish can a person be for wasting the time of our emergency services? And how do you think something like that may affect the families who have lost someone in this way? Matt Reynolds added as well, Hope the person is fine to repay the cost for as long as it takes. When caught up in Hurricane Irma, 
says she is relieved to now be safe after escaping from the huge storm. Ruby Field, age 25, now lives and works as a lifeguard on the Disney-owned island Castaway Cay in the Bahamas, which is a stop-off for guests on Disney Cruise Line cruises. But last week, the former Worcester Operatic and Dramatic Society youth section member suddenly saw the Paradise Island turn into a nightmare. Miss Field, a former pupil at Bishop Perone CE College and who is on her sixth contract with Disney, said, We started tracking the hurricane at the end of last week, which was September the 2nd. At that time, there's not a lot we can do but just wait to see where Irma was going to go. Last Monday, we found out that the Disney Dream cruise ship planned to come a day earlier and would be docking at Castaway with guests on the 5th instead of the 6th, just so it gave the island an opportunity to start hurricane preparations a few days earlier. On Tuesday night, we were told that there could be a potential island evacuation, and on Wednesday, we had a meeting with the island manager who explained it would be an optional evacuation. If we wanted to stay, we could, as we have hurricane shelters on the island. Most people decided to leave, but at this point, I decided to stay and help pack down the island. The whole island team started prepping the island ready for the ship to pick them up. I had been in the water taking out the nets, and when I got back to the shore, we were informed that Shoreside had changed their minds and it would be a whole island evacuation. We left the island at 4.30 on Wednesday and sailed to Port Canaveral to debark like all the guests and then departed midday Thursday to sail away and avoid the hurricane at all risks. Since leaving the island, the initial Category 5 storm, which saw winds higher than 70 miles an hour, had torn through the Bahamas. On Sunday, Miss Field said that they were sailing away on the west of Cuba, away from the dangerous weather. We are all safe now, cruising on a ghost ship with no guests, she added. This morning, Hurricane Irma was blasting up the west coast of Florida after hitting Miami, causing dangerous flooding along long stretches of coast. And the headline on Wednesday, September the 13th, Council back. On Thursday, September the 14th, 2017, we have the following headline. Boy robbed in broad daylight. A 14-year-old boy had his mobile phone and headphones stolen in a daylight mugging by three other boys in the Brickfields area of Worcester. The boy was approached on Brickfields Road at about 6.45pm on Tuesday by another boy aged between 13 or 14. And he had said that his friend had hurt his arm nearby and that they needed help to call an ambulance. The victim followed the boy across the King George playing fields to the back of the Golden City Chinese takeaway, where they were approached by a second boy aged between 10 to 12 and a third boy. The boys threatened to hurt him if he did not hand over his mobile phone and iPhone 6, which he did. A pair of Red Beats Pills headphones were also stolen. Chief Inspector James Baker said, It was upsetting to hear that these boys stole from a fellow teenager who was looking to help after believing that someone had been injured. Thankfully, the teenager was not hurt and the incident was over once his phone was taken. 
An investigation is underway to identify those responsible. We are asking for the public support by asking anyone who was in the area at the time and who may recognise the descriptions of the individuals who were involved to get in touch with the police calling us on 101, quoting the incident number 641S of September the 12th. One of the boys was described as white, about 13 to 14 years old, of average height, short brown hair with a curly fringe and very blue eyes. He was wearing a short sleeve t-shirt with stripes across the front, one of which was brown. The other is white, about 10 to 12 years old, around foot, 4 foot 2 and with blonde hair. He was wearing a black Adidas hooded top with straps down the sleeve. There is no description of the third boy. Mum Sabrina Day said on Facebook, Alex is okay, just shook up. Thank you all. By police. West Mersia Police appealed for help to trace Ashley Sheeran, 48, from Worcester on August the 23rd, but he was found on Monday by officers. Sharon was wanted by police on suspicion of wounding with intent to cause grievous bodily harm, as well as in relation to a serious sexual assault. A West Mersian police spokesman said, We appealed for help to trace wanted man Ashley Sharon. The 48-year-old was located on Monday. Thank you to everyone who shared our appeal. In 2003, Sharon was jailed for five years for his part in the murder of 35-year-old Michael Kelly in Team Road, Worcester. He helped murderer Gerald Edwards, who was given a life sentence, dispose of the body of Kelly. Edwards killed the father of three with an axe blow to the head in their Team Road flat before borrowing a saw from an unsuspecting neighbour and dismembering his victim's body. Sharon, who was 34 at the time, admitted perverting the course of justice in helping dispose of the body in Bidford-on-Avon, Warwickshire, and torching the car used to transport the remains. A 74-year-old man was taken to hospital after he gassed himself by pouring cleaning chemicals down the sink. Firefighters and paramedics were called to a flat in Bransford Road, St. John's, Worcester, at about 5pm on Monday, August the 28th. Two fire crews from Worcester used breathing apparatus and a gas detector to check the property. The firefighters washed away the cleaning chemicals with water and ventilated the flat. The man was taken to Worcestershire Royal Hospital as a precaution. Station Commander Stuart Creben from Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Services Community Risk Department said with such a variety of household cleaners available, you can never be sure of the effect of mixing them together. Products which are safe to use alone can react if mixed with other cleaning products and create dangerous or toxic byproducts, including gases. Always read the label and follow instructions carefully. The Health and Safety Executive has issued a guidance document on handling cleaning chemicals which states, never add any other chemical to concentrate that contain bleach. This can cause a dangerous gas, chlorine, to be given off. Take special care using caustic soda. This can erupt when mixed with water. Splashes in the eye can cause blindness. The HSE also recommended that rooms should be ventilated when cleaning chemicals are used. 
West Midlands Ambulance Service assessed the patient and took him to Worcestershire Royal Hospital as a precaution. A Worcester man running the oldest business in Worcester says it is a great pleasure to have served the city residents throughout the years. Armstrong's in Samson Walk is this year celebrating its 250th anniversary, making it the city's oldest business. The shop specialises in menswear, formal suit hire and tuxedo hire, including a huge range of contemporary fashions and the classics. Simon Hislop took over the running of the company from his father at the end of the 1980s. Simon says, To survive so far, it shows we must be doing something right. When I began the business, I thought that the majority of our customers would be over 55. Now the age range is more like 35 to 65, although of course there are some older and some younger. I see 19-year-olds wearing one of our jackets with a pair of skinny jeans. We are not a cardigan shop, a cardigan shop that's for sure. The business was founded around 1800 by a Scottish draper by the name of Priest, who came to Worcester to set up business from premises in Loves Grove right next to the county jail. Armstrong, Armstrong's retains its high-end retailing image and much of its stock comes from expert tailors in Italy, Germany and Scandinavia. But that was not how things began in the early days. Combined with being a Scottish draper, the shop also sold tea, haberdashery and assorted other goods. Mr Hislop says, we have, been fit, we have been fitting for Worcester people for all these years and it has been a great pleasure to serve them. Our customers come from across the region and then go on to visit the city. A museum threw out a controversial golden sculpture only for a resident to find it in a rubbish heap. Ian Doan spotted the remnants of the sculpture known as the Sleep of Reason outside the Commandery Museum in Sidbury, Worcester. The sculpture consisted of three scaffolding poles gilded in 24-carat gold leaf and first went on display in the museum's courtyard in 2010. Mr Doan saw the poles in a pile of rubbish in July and described it as a sad end for the sculpture. Bosses described decided to dispose of the Sleep of Reason partly because the commandery's courtyard is now frequently used for events. They offered to return the poles to the two artists that made them and to Meadow Arts, which commissioned the work, but neither took up the offer. Mr Doan, aged 75, of Tay Avenue, Worcester, said, It says it all that they didn't want it back. It's a waste of money. They were in a builder's scrapyard next to the museum's maintenance shed. There's been lots of work going on down there. There was controversy when they were first put up. They didn't represent the Civil War. It was rapidly taken down within two weeks. They were put in the maintenance shed. It wasn't treated like a piece of artwork from that week. Mr Doan added that he supports efforts to boost awareness about Worcester's role in the English Civil War, but said the sculpture was not fooling anybody. The artwork was funded by Arts Council England and the Elmley Foundation as part of the Meadow Arts Rural Commissioning Programme. Helen Large, Marketing and Events Manager of Museums Worcestershire, said the artists and Meadow Arts were asked if they would like to keep the physical elements of the work exhibited at the commandery to reuse in future displays of the piece. That offer was not taken up. 
After investigating various suitable cost-effective options, the scaffold poles were disposed of in July of this year as part of the work to improve the visitor experience at the commandery and create new displays of Worcester Civil War story, which can now be enjoyed by residents and visitors to the city. Miss Large added the Meadow Arts supported the disposal of the poles, which have weathered over time. Well, we are on the River Team at Poic is said to be partially removed to improve the environment for fish. The Environment Agency is proposing to carry out the work as part of a major project to increase fish populations in the Severn and the Team. The project, dubbed Unlocking the Severn, is said to carry out work at a number of key sites on both rivers, including Poic Weir to reopen 250 kilometres of river habitat for all fish species and secure the UK breeding population of the rare Twait Shad. The work means that fish will be able to migrate upstream to their historic breeding grounds and the agency is holding a public drop-in session to tell people about the project and the proposed changes to Poic Weir. The session is on Monday, September the 18th from 2pm to 6.30pm at Callow End Village Hall in Upton Road, Callow End. As owners of Poic Weir, the Environment Agency investigates options which would maintain, the impro- maintain and improve fish stocks in the team. When assessing options to improve fish passage, each weir is considered carefully from environmental, navigational, operational and flood risk perspectives. The Environment Agency has fully considered the options available for fish passage and is confident that that partial weir removal is the best solution. David Clark, project executive from the agency, said, Weirs are physical barriers to fish migration and the great progress has been made in enabling fish to access the upper reaches of rivers again in recent years. Over the last year, we have carried out detailed assessments, habitat and aerial surveys, and modelling work to plan the best solution for the Poic Weir site, for improving fish passage and to assist the natural recovery of the river. The upcoming drop-in event is an opportunity to provide an update to interested parties on our plans ahead of work starting in June 2018. There will be information, displays and representatives from the Environment Agency available at the session to answer questions and to discuss the scheme in greater detail. A Worcester school has won a top award for its commitment to learning outside the classroom. Kings Horford have been recognised with a prestigious Learning Outside the Classroom mark, Gold, for its support and development of learning outside the classroom. The award from the Council of Learning Outside the Classroom recognises schools that ensure that all pupils have access to frequent, continuous and progressive learning outside the classroom. Jim Turner, the headmaster, said, Being awarded the Learning Outside the Classroom mark, Gold, is a real win for everyone here as it shows that we are really making strides by offering a diverse curriculum that provides memorable, exciting and valuable learning outside the classroom experience. 
We are thrilled to get the official recognition for our efforts and we look forward to building on this award to continue to integrate the learning outside the classroom into an everyday aspect of life in the school, contributing towards the quality and the depth of learning for all of our pupils. Elaine Skates, Chief Executive of the Council of Learning Outside the Classroom, said, Learning outside the classroom provides the most memorable experiences in the, ch in the child's school life. The Learning Outside the Classroom mark for gold demonstrates that the school is committed to developing and delivering genuinely valuable learning outside the classroom experiences for all of their children and young people. I wholeheartedly congratulate Kings Horford on a fantastic achievement. Learning outside the classroom is known to contribute significantly to raising standards and improving the, the pupils' personal, social and emotional development. The sale of pure brine salt returned to Droitwich for the first time in nearly a century on Saturday. Churchfield Farms in Droitwich launched pure Droitwich salt at the Droitwich Spa Salt Fest along with salted butter, salted caramel ice cream and salted fudge made by Witchbold Fudge. The festival celebrated the town's unique salt heritage as well as giving visitors a chance to see how salt is made. Probus 87 provided displays of Droitwich's salt heritage and local history, as well as talks and demonstrations on how salt was made from Droitwich brine over 2,000 years ago. The group also showed how salt brine was used to treat trench foot in tens of thousands of troops in the First World War. There was live music throughout the day, including Droitwich Spa Air Cadets, Ingrid's Accordion Group, Tam Weir and local bands The Spooks and Juru. The evening's entertainment saw Tamsin Barnes, Journeymen and the Wu Town Hillbillies perform. Merlin the Wizard and the Night on Stilts also roamed the park throughout the day. Visitors got a chance to experience life as a Roman with demonstrations and displays hosted by the Roman Military Research Society. Hayley Grant from Droitwich said, It's great to hear that they have started selling salt in Droitwich again. It's part of our history and people need to remember that. Jake Brennan, age 7, also from Droitwich, added, I got to blow some giant bubbles earlier and I really enjoyed the Romans. Other activities across the weekend included ferret racing, face painting, real ale and cider and canal boat trips to the Pamelia May. The duck race and dog show also took place on Sunday. Harvest time is here and National Trust orchards across Worcestershire are bearing fruit. These historic or traditional orchards are priority habitats and as well as providing fruit and nuts are a safe haven for wildlife. However, these special places are under threat. Since the 1950s, about 80% of traditional orchards in the Midlands have been lost. Cheaper imported fruit, reduced demand for homegrown apples, while changes to more intense farming methods meant traditional orchards were neglected or removed in favour of other crops. National Trust staff and volunteers are working hard to protect, restore and recreate traditional orchards at their places across the county. This work ranges from the planting of new trees and researching how estates were managed in the past to investigating which varieties were developed and grown in particular areas. Simon Barker, Wildlife and Countryside Advisor at the National Trust said, 
Orchards are incredibly important places for wildlife. They're the perfect habitat for insects, nesting birds and even bats. At Croom Court near Pershaw, there are several hundred fruit trees, the oldest of which are mostly varieties of cider apple. Records show that some of Croom's workers were once paid in cider, so there would have been many more cider apples than exist now. Since 2,000 staff and volunteers at Croom have replanted more than 100 apple trees, selected local varieties which would have been grown there in the past. The National Trust will be hosting a number of harvest events this autumn, all proceeds of which go directly back into the conservation of the properties, ensuring Worcestershire's historic orchards will continue to thrive for generations to come. Visit nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash Midlands. Uh, Rugby Union Worcester Warriors News. Worcester Warriors are sweating over the fitness of Ben Teo, Jackson Willison and Tom Heathcote ahead of the visit of Exeter Chief to Six Ways. based water reuse company notched up thousands of miles using pedal power to raise hundreds for charity. Aquabio, based at Ball Mill Top Business Park in Hallow, notched up an impressive 17,707 kilometres cycling during the first half of 2017, raising an impressive £442.70 pence for cycling charity Sustrans, I think. Sustrans. This is the first payment from Aquabio since the company instigated a cycle-to-work scheme as part of a wider social responsibility campaign. The company set up the scheme called Sustainability and Health in Future Transport to encourage its employees to log their kilometres with Strava while cycling to work and for leisure. And for every kilometre cycled, Aquabio donates 2.5 pence to Sustrans. Sustrans is a charity that helps more people to walk and cycle. Initiatives including building cycling routes, working with communities, encouraging children to cycle and scooter, and helping more people to commute daily by bike. Dan Brothwell, Development and Operations Manager at Aquabio, said, We're absolutely delighted to be able to make sure an impressive first donation to a charity that is so many of our employees support. Our cycling colleagues are both healthy and happy, a benefit to us all. In the workplace with a knock-on, sorry, benefit to us all in the workplace with a knock-on positive impact on the projects we undertake and the service to our clients. Our cycle to work scheme is an excellent demonstration of how individual actions, however small, can have such a worthwhile impact. Congratulations to all our staff who've chosen less polluting modes of transport. We look forward to supporting Sustrans over the coming years. Julian Hall, Director of Fundraising and Retail at Sustrans, added, I am absolutely delighted. A fire in a suspected drugs den is being investigated as an incident of arson by the police. Youths were blamed for starting the fire in the flat above the Italian job in Rose Avenue, Tolladine, Worcester, on Tuesday, August the 29th. The takeaway closed earlier this year and the flat was unoccupied, according to locals. Staff at the Rose Avenue Friar, which is next door, think youths had started to use drugs in the flat. Uh, 
Randall Atwal, who works at the chip shop, said the youngsters were getting into the property through the rear window. The 56-year-old said the window was broken a few days before the fire and was boarded up after the blaze. He added that the area suffers from antisocial behaviour. Sudving Singh Kern, the manager of the Rose Avenue Fire, who I'll just remind you we spoke earlier, he was the chip shop boss who fought off the knife-wielding hoodie, also thought the drugs were being used in the flat. Firefighters from Worcester and Droitwich used two hose-reel jets and breathing apparatus to tackle the blaze. West Midlands Ambulance Service paramedics also attended the scene, but nobody was found inside the building. West Mercia police blocked off the road during the fire and officers are now encouraging witnesses to contact them. If you notice anything suspicious in the area around the time of the incident, uh, you can contact, you can ring 101 referencing incident 822S of August the 29th. A mother will take on the Worcester City 10K half marathon in tribute to a four-year-old daughter who died of renal cancer. Grace Kelly from Crowell near Worcester passed away in November 2014 from aggressive form of renal cancer and 28 people are running on Sunday for the Grace Kelly Ladybird Trust set up in her name. One of these runners is Jennifer Kelly, Grace's mother, who has never taken part in a race before. Jennifer says, The trust is about raising awareness of the signs to look for. People think that it's really uncommon, but 1 in 285 people will suffer from cancer before the age of 20, and it is under-publicized. Childhood cancer is the biggest cause of death in children. I have never done a race before, but I want to make people aware of what, aware of what signs there are that you need to be looking for in your child to spot that your child may be suffering with renal cancer. On Sunday, 14 runners will run in Worcester City 10K Marathon and 14 will run in the Half Marathon. Mrs Kelly added, I am very grateful for all the support. It started off as a few people running and has just expanded from there. The Trust has raised about £170,000 in total and about half of that since it became a registered charity 14 months ago before it was just an appeal. The charity have distributed 160,000 awareness cards, provided an educational website and funded research and given money to grieving families as well. To find out more, visit gracekellyladybird.co.uk forward slash or to donate, visit ukvirginmoneygiving.com forward slash Jennifer Kelly. Vandals attacked a Worcester church twice within 24 hours over the weekend, breaking a number of windows. The first attack at St Wollstone's Church, Cranham Drive, Warnden, was discovered when the church was opened at about 9.30am on Sunday for the first service of the day. Three windows at the back of the church were broken, most likely by stones being thrown at them. The second attack happened in the afternoon between three and five when a roof light and an opening window were smashed. Reverend Charles Thomas said, I've been here almost two and a half years and nothing like this has happened since I've been here. The lay reader Philip Howell has been here for absolutely years and he says he can't remember anything like this for a long time going back to the 90s or even the 80s. 
He said that the attacks had upset some of the predominantly elderly members of the congregation, but prayers had been said for the offenders at the service that morning. I don't know how much it will cost to get repaired, but I'm guessing 800 to 1,000, he said. Anyone with information should contact 101, quoting incident number 624-S-100917. This is an uplifting um, piece by Vince Hopkins, who's the chairman of Worcestershire Ambassadors. Firstly, can I congratulate Worcester News for initiating such a great campaign. It's easy to be negative, ignore the positives, blame others, and generally have a downbeat view of the world. Sometimes that can be the media, social media we choose to read and accept, so a determined effort to showcase all that is positive should be welcomed and supported. I've been extremely lucky in life. I have few skills, even less qualifications, but have somehow managed to build a career which has enabled me to work all over the country for regional, national and international firms. Despite responsibilities in England, Wales and occasionally Scotland, Worcestershire has remained my home, starting in Kidderminster, moving to Droitwich and family, and finally to Worcester about 20 years ago. Like others, I had highlight, sorry, I can highlight the history, the world-class businesses, cathedral, sporting venues, river, etc. But for me, it's the people that make our city and county great. Over the last three years, members of the Ambassadors have raised over £150,000 for local charities and spent £50,000 sponsoring events, festivals and people throughout the county. I've met many inspirational people, selflessly giving their time for local causes, particularly charities or not-for-profit organisations, and many go about their work quietly taking their pleasure from the success of their work and not the recognition from it. It has been a privilege to meet such people from all walks of life and all ages over the last few years, and things happen because of local people wanting to do their bit. I sometimes look at the annual honours list and think they've got the whole process so wrong. The people of Worcester and their shared community supporting spirit enhance the beautiful and peaceful city we have the pleasure and privilege to live in. A town's rugby ground has been named in memory of a club stalwart who tragically died before a match. Nigel Banwell fell ill while putting out the flags ahead of an Upton rugby club game, game on Saturday, January the 7th. Upton Town Council has now given the club permission to name the town's rugby ground after Mr Banwell. Councillors approved the name Banwell Park at an Open Spaces Committee meeting on Tuesday and a sign has been installed on the rugby club. Maurice Bottomley, president of the rugby club, said we have decided to name the rugby pitches off Old Street Banwell Park in memory of, of and gratitude to Nigel Banwell. Nigel was a player and the lifelong fixture secretary at Upton Rugby Club and also served local rugby in various roles. His service to rugby further afield than Upton was recognised in him being elected as president of the Worcestershire and Herefordshire Rugby Football Union, the RFU, and also the North Midlands RFU. Mr Banwell's widow, Jane, is due to unveil a commemorative plaque in the clubhouse on Saturday, September the 23rd.
The ceremony will take place from 2pm onwards, ahead of the club's first home league game. Councillor Betty Williams, chairman of the Town Council's Open Spaces Committee, said Nigel was a very well-liked and respected member of our community and he worked so hard for the sport that he loved. I am pleased that he will be remembered in such an appropriate way. There is entertainment for everyone at the high of this autumn as it launches its new season of events. Roald Dahl Day, Beeline, the University of Worcester Storytelling Festival for Children, Space Day, theatre performances, talks and exhibitions are just some of the events running from now to the end of 2017. This year's Beeline will include a visit on Friday, October the 6th from Michael Rosen, former children's laureate and award-winning author of We're Going on a Bear Hunt, who opened the Hive's Children's Library in 2012. For children, this season is packed full of live theatre, with The Wind in the Willows, The Ugly Duckling and the annual Christmas show. Performances from professional storytellers in October are accompanied by computer coding drop-in sessions and workshops in illustration, animation and crafts. Chris Riddle, illustrator extraordinaire, will also be signing books on Monday, October the 9th from 4.30pm onwards. Space Day, a chance for children and adults to experience the Black Hole Mobile Planetarium as well as join in on lots of fun with hands-on fun, is on Saturday, October the 7th. Playback, a national touring exhibition of creative short films jointly funded by Channel 4 Random Acts and Arts Council England, is on from now until Thursday, September the 21st. It comprises... Sorry, it, it comprises films made by 16 to 24-year-olds, including some from Worcestershire. Both children and young adults aged 9 to 24 can take part in free filmmaking workshops this month. At the end-of-year finale is the season of creative Christmas-themed workshops, the annual Lantern Parade, Christmas Show, Decoration Making and Rat-a-Tat Tales. A Droitwich man caught by undercover police officers for trying to commit child sex abuse has been given a community order. Andrew Remington, 66, from Showell Close, has pleaded guilty to inciting a girl aged between the age of 13 to 15 to engage in sexual activity at an earlier hearing. The offences took place online between December the 2nd and December the 14th last year. Remington appeared in the Hereford Crown Court yesterday and was sentenced to a 12-month community order with a 35-day rehabilitation activity requirement. The conviction is the latest success story for Operation SafeNet, which attempts to bring sus suspected paedophiles operating online to justice. In recent weeks, we have reported on other men who were caught by the police operation, including David Jackson, Jackson 48, of Blackfriars Avenue in Droitwich, who admitted to four charges of trying to arrange to travel and meet up with men and women he thought would provide him with the opportunity to abuse children. He also pleaded guilty to attempting to incite a 12-year-old child to engage in sexual activity in May, in May this year and to four child pornography charges when he appeared at Worcester Crown Court in July. 
After the sentencing of Remington, West Mercia Police Detective Inspector Gavin Kinrad said, This is the latest in a series of convictions and should serve as a clear warning to offenders that we are absolutely committed to protecting children from sexual abuse and online child sexual exploitation, and offenders will be brought to justice. This investigation is part of a long-term operation called Operation SafeNet, involving full police forces in the West Midlands to target suspected paedophiles operating online. I would encourage anyone who has any concerns that a child might be a victim of online child sexual exploitation or abuse to call us on 101. Specialist officers working together in partnership with support agencies across our region are here to investigate and to bring perpetrators of these horrific crimes before the courts. Singing and Sign Language Choir Good Vibrations is joining with Worcester Ukulele Club for a fun fundraising concert. Worcester's Deaf Direct Choir Good Vibrations was set up last year to encourage deaf and hard of hearing people to participate in music and will be performing with the ukulele band for the first time. The concert at St Paul's Church, St Paul Street, Worcester, is at 7.30pm on Friday, November the 10th, with the High Sheriff of Worcestershire and the Mayor of Pershaw in attendance. It is to raise funds for hearing loss, hearing loss charity Deaf Direct. The performance will feature a variety of classic songs and the emphasis is definitely on fun. Contact Deaf Direct's fundraising department for tickets, which are £8 and include light refreshments by, e- uh, by email or f- at fundraising at defdirect.org.uk or call 01905 In Worcester, 32,300 people have high blood pressure, yet more than 50% are unaware that they have it and they have never been tested, campaigners warn. As a consequence, charity Blood Pressure UK says you should get your blood pressure tested regardless of your age or how you feel. During 18 to 24th of September, 18 to 24, it has organised pressure stations around the region, including all Murray Healthcare branches, to measure blood pressure and volunteers will provide information and advice on simple steps to keep blood pressure under control. The campaign will warn that poor diet and excess salt intake is leading young people in their 30s to 50s to develop high blood pressure. Around one in three people in the UK now live with high blood pressure. This keeps them at risk of having an early stroke. To find out your nearest check visit, sorry, to find out your nearest check, visit bloodpressureuk.org. The organisers of the Worcester City Run have shared details of volunteering roles available to help stage this year's event. The Worcester City 10K Young Athletes Run and the new Worcester City Half Marathon will all take place on Sunday, September the 17th. Entries to run of the race close on Wednesday, but there are some other ways for the public to get involved. The Worcester City Run events are being delivered through a partnership between Worcester City Council and Events of the North. Race Director Steve Cram said, Since we launched the Worcester City Run, we have been blessed by the high level of public support that the event has enjoyed. Each year, 
our army of volunteers have done a fantastic job of not only making sure that the event runs smoothly, but also helped to create a brilliant atmosphere for the participants. Adding a half marathon to the program opens up some more opportunities for residents to get involved and be part of a great team. Volunteer roles at the event include start and finish support, course marshals, baggage security, car parking duties, staffing the water stations, runner village support, event photographers and race gurus who provide on-the-ground advice and information to runners and spectators. Worcester resident Barry McGowan has volunteered at every Worcester City run, along with his partner Helen Sharrett and son Sean McGowan, and said, We love being part of the Worcester City run. Since volunteering in year one, we have gone on to get involved in loads of other events, including the recent World Athletics and Para-Athletics Championships in London. They've all been great experiences, but there's something really special about helping to make sure that these races in my home city are a big success again. Events of the North provide all volunteers with an event jacket and refreshments. To volunteer, email volunteers.com.